0: Episode of Badland Girls, the podcast that goes with you in your pocket. I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Trying to work out some slogans.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, um, uh, I'm Destiny. And I'm Rhea. And it's another wonderful week in America, right? <laughs> it's just everywhere you look, it's it's a fire. It's a tire fire. Oh my god, for real. I had like but, a m- Oh, what were you gonna say? I had, like, a mini meltdown last week.
1: Oh, what happened?
0: I I don't know. I I just got really frustrated uh, about... um, I got really frustrated specifically about those uh, uh, unnamed or, like, you know, unidentifiable army dudes in Portland that stormed Portland and detained people. And then Mm. just when I was reading more about it and how... The Patriot Act, which Joe Biden loves to, uh, loves to boast that he invented that, and then just the fact that um Obama in uh Obama signed indefinite detention and how it all led to this moment. I just got so fucking fed up. <laughs> well, it's
1: gross. It's yeah. disgusting. It's like stuff that they used to say. You know, uh, that we should interfere with foreign governments that do that, and then we're just doing shit like
0: this. Oh, boy. (sighs) I did see something positive. I don't know what city it was, but a bunch of protesters were successfully blowing away tear gas with leaf blowers. Oh! And so I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) That's
1: uh, quite inventive.
0: It was. I thought so, too.
1: Yeah, good job, protesters. (laughs) I, I have literally been doing or or no i shouldn't use literally that way but i i have not really been paying attention to the news i've been isolating playing a lot of um story of seasons friends of mineral town Okay,
0: I've seen this because uh, I wanted to actually talk to this talk to you about this today. Because whenever I log in to Switch, I see what everyone's playing, and mostly everyone is still playing Animal Crossing. But when you log in, you're playing Story of Seasons, and I need you to talk about it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my little like escape from most of the world. It's essentially what the Harvest Moon franchise turned into. Okay. Um, I don't remember what exactly what happened, but. At some point, Natsume stopped producing Harvest Moon games, and then this other company started producing them under the name Story of Seasons. So every Story of Seasons game is just a Harvest Moon game. Uh, And this one is a remake of a Game Boy Advance game called Friends of Mineral Town, which I did not play the original. My first Harvest Moon game was on... PlayStation 2 and I believe it was shit I can't remember the name of it but it was a really good one because you could just play indefinitely and it was really beautiful and there was life and death but anyway (laughs) I'll look it up (laughs) and uh, mention it later but anyway so Story of Seasons you know you get the usual letter from your grandpa or I think someone telling you your grandpa's passed away and he's left you his farm and you go and you move to Mineral Town, which is this tiny, tiny town With a shop and a doctor's office and an inn And, like, a beach cafe Like, you know, it's got its little spaces And they all have different residents that you meet And the cool thing about this remake Is that you can marry someone of the same gender as you
0: Oh! Yeah, uh which Do you get to choose to be a boy or a girl? Because I know in some of the early ones you could only be a boy, right? Yeah, you could
1: only be male and then uh they open it up in some of them where you can choose to be a lady farmer, but you could only your only potential marriage candidates were the males in the game. because uh, there's always like a group of bachelors and a group of bachelorettes. So depending on what Which one you pick Which farmer you pick You would only get To marry the opposite sex So And in this I shouldn't say opposite But yeah So you know how These games work Yes In the heteronormative (laughs) world Uh So In this game (laughs) I don't think they call it marriage But they kind of took a cue From Stardew Valley In which you could Just have relationships With anybody Anybody eligible No matter who you Picked And Uh By the way, one of the best farming sims. Like, oh my god, Stardew Valley. I put so many hours into the PC version that I don't want to touch any other version. (laughs) I never played it. It's great. It's so great. Shout out to Stardew Valley. Like, if you like Harvest Moon games and Story of Seasons games and you haven't played Stardew Valley, like, what are you doing? Play Stardew Valley. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so... (laughs) I'm playing a lady farmer, and I'm trying to get the cute girl from the library to notice me.
0: This is Um, wonderful.
1: Her her name's Marie. She likes chocolate and tea, and uh, what else does she like? She likes weird grasses, because there's these these different colored grasses that (laughs) pop up her hometown. She enjoys them. Uh, So I've been giving her a gift every day in hopes that I get her heart rank up to red so then I can uh, finally ask her to marry me but it's it's slow going and it took a really long time to make enough money also in the game because like they have this thing where you can choose a difficulty mode which I've never encountered before in one of these games where like you could start with a little extra money and some extra turnips, and I'm like no I'm playing old school I'm just gonna start from (laughs) scratch so it took me forever to gain enough money to do anything so the first year I was just selling every single thing I foraged, every little thing that I grew, and I finally now have four chickens, two cows, an alpaca, and a sheep.
0: You know, I think I might uh uh I think I might actually get this one. This sounds yeah, it's wonderful. Pretty good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, if you're not gonna play like Stardew Valley, you should play this. <laughs> like
1: I'm serious, Stardew Valley is the best one because there's so much to do in it and, like, there's so many different... I don't know, the way it's written is really interesting because you're fighting against the big, like, Walmart-type corporation in your town. And uh, so that's why I I like that game a lot. Uh, Plus, every character just has their own interior world that, like, is really, really fleshed out compared to a Harvest Moon game. Mm -hmm. But, you know, everybody's got their thing in Harvest Moon too. Like, there's the hippie girl, Jennifer who always talks to me about Mother Earth and chakras. There's a a really hunky doctor that works at the local clinic that you're often, like, he's testing medicines on you, which is unethical. That
0: is so unethical. Oh, my goodness.
1: But he's so dreamy. Yeah, who cares, uh,
0: right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's got this nurse that you can also... uh, tried to marry named Ellie who's like constantly screwing up and you have to give her little pep talks and uh, there's a harvest goddess in this game just like in all the other games and mm-hmm. there's a weird Kappa who lives in one of the lakes and if you throw a cucumber into the lake he'll pop up and like say hi to you <laughs> Is it Kappa? No it's not Captain from Animal Crossing if only there with his ukulele to sing you a song um I'm trying to think, like, yeah, no, there's a lot of interesting characters in this game. It's it's really fun. I uh, I don't think there's as much to do in it as in other games. But, like, there's harvest sprites. There's the, the, you know, the usual harvest sprites that you can ask to help you work on the farm. And you can play games with them. And there's festivals. And I've already, I'm have i already in my second year. I'm already in
0: autumn of my second year. Hell so yeah. I've played so much of this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love getting totally immersed in a fictional universe be it game book or movie
1: oh yeah it's the best it hasn't happened to me i haven't been reading at all like i was on a tear in in uh march and april i was reading like a book a week and then all of a sudden i just fell off really hard so i need to get back into books and i haven't really i watched a few movies like you know i'm doing repertory screenings, so we watch a movie every two weeks for that mm-hmm. and i try to have like a couple of supplementing supplement supplemental movies to talk about but i've also been bad at watching shit uh, but I'm 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 trying. I'm trying, but mostly I've just been playing this game. What have you
0: been up to? I've been doing a little bit of game playing, a little bit of movie watching. Right now, I am playing Paper Mario: uh, The Origami King, which oh, is how a, is that? Uh, it is so much fun. I have never played a Paper Mario before, so it's really fun to kind of get into like the the branches of different. Mario games and stuff. And I didn't know that this one was more like an RPG. And that... Um, oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, I think they're all
0: RPGs, all the Paper Mario games. Oh, okay. Yeah, this one is super funny. I actually... Burst into tears last night at a part during this game, and I was so fucking weirded out because I'm like, why is Paper Mario making me cry? Oh. I won't say why because I don't want to spoil anybody, but I was I don't know. It's so it's so pretty. Um, you know those Yoshi games, the Crafted World, uh, uh-huh. games. I really love uh these Nintendo um games that just use like craft ideas. It's they're so beautiful and creative in the way they. They kind of imagine how a crafted world would look like. And I really like this one as well. Uh, one of the objects of this game is you have to rescue a bunch of toads who have been folded into origami by the origami king. And <laughs> every time you rescue a toad, they have a hilarious thing to say. I've never loved toads more. I, it's like my, I've made it my goal to rescue every toad because every time I rescue one, they always say something really freaking funny. But yeah, I am like super into this game. I just got a boot that looks like a car and I'm driving around this desert where it's eternally dark because there's an eternal eclipse or something. So it's really <laughs> cool looking. I love it. I
1: think I've only played the first Paper Mario, which they re-released for the Wii U. And that's what I played it on. What was the first Paper Mario on? Uh, it was just called Paper Mario. But there's like, it, it's really funny because it goes into... Uh, Kind of the rivalry between Luigi And Mario And there's this like hilarious Um (laughs) Subplot where like at one point Mario's accused of murdering a penguin (laughs) And he has to like Be investigated (laughs) it's really fucking funny I just remember the writing in the game being Really like Really unexpectedly funny
0: Yes it's super duper funny I really like it Uh Luigi also is in this game sporadically. And man, the f- the burns against Luigi in this game. Jesus. He is underappreciated. It's so funny. I love it so much. And then before that came out, because I think that only came out like last week or so. Yeah, it's uh, fairly recent. Yeah, I've just been playing the Resident Evil 3 remake that they did for uh Cap- that Capcom did. And cool. man... That game rules, and I really liked the second one, um, the Resident Evil 2 remake that they did. I thought that was an excellent remake, very creepy. But I, I don't know. I feel myself drawn to the third one more. It just, uh, it simplifies the story a little bit because uh, the, if you don't know the, the kind of like main story of Resident Evil 3 is there's a giant monster chasing Jill Valentine through Raccoon City that's determined to kill her. And in the original game which was a PlayStation 1 game, it was like every other Resident Evil where, you know, you have some, you know, you have some bosses to fight, you have puzzles to solve, it's long, there's a lot of walking and killing of zombies and then every but then the added element was, oh, and then this nemesis will randomly burst through certain doors and chase you for a little bit. <laughs> and so um, in the new game, it was like the writers kind of sat down. It's like, well, how how are we going to do this? Because we have to kind of evolve this creature to a certain point. Otherwise, it'll feel like Mr. X, who is a character who stalks you in Resident Evil 2. Uh, in the original game, you had to play the B side to get him. But they put him on the A side in the remake And he literally just walks around the police station opening doors looking for you to punch you which is so scary because you'll be walking around you'll hear him like walking around downstairs just opening doors looking for you and i don't think they wanted the same experience so they kind of escalated it more where they kind of lessened the nemesis encounters to kind of escalate the action and tension and i thought it was a really good well-balanced game super fun uh I loved it. I always have been a Claire Redfield girl who is the um heroine of Resident Evil Two, but I've always liked Jill as well. Jill Valentine, who's the heroine of Resident Evil One and three and but now I know i don't know I'm like tipping more towards Jill Valentine because she was just so badass <laughs> and I just loved watching. I just loved playing it. I played it so- I played it like three times through now it's really it's a tight it's a tight game and I I saw like a reviewer saying like, oh, it's too short. But I'm like, but oh, I'm like, no. I'm like, it's such a tightly plotted game. I love it. Give me the short games. Yeah. I don't have time
1: for these <laughs> 80 hour. It says, it says the girl who's playing a hard as moon game. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's a different sort of thing. There's no real story to it. And you take your time with it. But like these 80 hour games, I'm like, no, no, I don't have time. I play every Persona game on easy mode because I'm just like, I just want to know. I don't I don't have I don't have time I just want to know the story I don't have time no give me a short game I'm more familiar with the Resident Evil movies than I am the games <laughs> <laughs> I only saw three I never oh, saw past three. three oh damn it
0: they're, I need to see them they're all, glorious
1: they're okay. so <laughs> glorious they just get more and more over the top and like Mila is so beautiful and just so badass and <laughs> uh Yeah, no, those those movies
0: are pretty good. (laughs) I I wish they were on streaming or something because I do want to catch up because I like the ones I saw. And like, I was a hardcore, I still am a hardcore, but you know, when I was a teenager, I was super hardcore Resident Evil fan. And even though the movie was vastly different than the source material, I loved that first movie with Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. If you're
1: you're looking for something faithful, no, you're not getting that. But if you're just looking for some, like, fun, dumb action thriller shit, they are right up that. They they scratch that itch so well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm amazed. Uh, I, that's a good genre right there. <laughs> I did go back and finish up my Resident Evil 2 because you have to play the A side as one character and then the B side as another character. So I did both of those so I could get the full ending. And that was yeah. fun. I like that a lot, but I still feel more drawn to Resident Evil Three. There's just something about it. Um, and then I've been I've been watching a good handful of movies recently. I I I just kind of like go where my heart goes. Where it's like I feel like watching this. So I've my list has become quite eclectic. Uh, I watched the First Wives Club, which I'd never seen before. But I wanted I haven't to seen that since I was a kid. <laughs> I wanted to watch a '90s movie about women over forty, and that was the movie I chose. And it's cute. Do they make those anymore? <laughs> I'm like, serious. I don't know. I mean, I don't think they make them quite like that. Because like that movie is about like these these women are like down and out, and then yeah, they all get divorced for various reasons, right?
1: And then yeah, their husbands all remarry. Hence the title. Mm-hmm. It's it's Diane Keaton.
0: Goldie uh, Hawn. Yeah. And- uh,
1: Bette Midler? Yes, it is. That's correct. Okay. I, I barely remember it. My mom was a big fan of that movie. Really? Oh, uh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just... I have not seen it as an adult. Does it hold up? Or it was your first time seeing it. What
0: would you think? I thought it was pretty good. I thought it had... It, it was a cute story. It was fun to see them get revenge on their husbands. And it was empowering, too. It was very uh, 90s white 90s. woman <laughs> New York. But, you know, that's yeah, a yeah, genre yeah. that I like I sometimes. Say, um, empi- empowering, but for the white women with lots of money.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, but I it's mean, a
1: genre. It's a genre. unto <laughs> Like, there's so many. Uh, the 90s were, like, full of movies like that. They don't make them anymore. At, no. At least,
0: like you said, not like that anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wonder,
0: like. Like class was never addressed in this movie whatsoever. They kind of addressed it with the fact that um, Bette Midler's husband was spending all his money on his mistress instead of paying her alimony. But
1: Sarah Jessica Parker, it
0: was yeah.
1: God, why do I only remember when he was in the movie? But I, I love so this.
0: I love this. If we were do having, do they a all cl-
1: sing a song? Don't they sing like "You Don't Own Me"? Or that some is shit?
0: correct. They do sing uh- "You Don't Own Me." Oh, which man, girl. Song. That is a great song. <laughs> anyway. I just, I, oh, go on. Sorry. I just thought it was cute and funny, and I can see why it, it, it like, is so near and dear to people, but it's definitely yeah. a genre of movie that you don't see much anymore <laughs> of, so it's kind of interesting. I'm trying to think of, like, a modern movie.
1: There was that movie Gloria, which was a... Uh... I believe, South American film, and they remade it in the United States. With this, uh, it was called Gloria Bell. And I can't even remember. I think maybe Sally Field was in it. I don't oh, know. Oh, Julianne
0: Moore was in it.
1: Julianne Moore. Okay, somebody like, way younger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, she, but she's playing like an older, or at least maybe she's playing a woman her age in that. But like, And I think of Julianne Moore. I, I still think of her as a young woman, which I guess is not the case in Hollywood years. She's not a young woman anymore. Um, but yeah, like, so that movie is the only one I can think of off the top of my head.
0: And that was some time ago. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And then to kind of go with the, uh, First Wives Club, I watched, or kind of like, I guess, rewatched She-Devil with Meryl Streep Uh, and Roseanne Barr. Uh, That is one of my
1: favorite movies in the whole wide world.
0: uh, Yes, it is. Um, it was a movie that was on HBO a lot when I was younger, so I, I, like Same. caught the middle and end of it, but I never saw the very beginning. Man, Ooh. that movie rules! That movie still it's, rules to this day. No, it's because it's Susan Seidelman. Yes, I know. Thank God.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, she directed *Smithereens*.
0: I love *Smithereens*. Uh,
1: she. What else did she direct? I'm uh, desperately out.
0: seeking Susan. I think.
1: Yes, desperately seeking Susan. Like if you want a cool like movie just about cool people. <laughs> uh, she's good. That's like kind of her wheelhouse, but she devil is a different kind of movie. Cause it's essentially about this, like woman who's like very overtly dumpy and she gets left for Barbara, uh, <laughs> Barbara Streisand. Oh my God. <laughs> for Meryl Streep, who plays this like hilarious romance movie author and, uh, her husband's Ed Bagley jr. And so she, everything she has is pink and beautiful. And uh, Roseanne Barr's character just decides to ruin uh, her husband's life by, like, she makes a list of different aspects and assets that he has. And she just ruins them one by one using, like, this intricate plan. And it's so funny. It's it is. very
0: it's, 80s. It is actually. It is so funny. Like, I was laughing so hard throughout that movie. Meryl Streep is hysterical in it. Yeah, I was about to say, my favorite thing about it is Meryl Streep in it.
1: Because she plays this character who's supposed to have this perfect life, and she's obviously full of shit. And But, like, even, like, things that other movies wouldn't make funny, this movie makes funny. Like, the way that she and the husband meet, and the way they're flirting with each other, and even the way they fuck is, like,
0: Hilarious. <laughs> yes. That scene of them having sex where they were rolling around on her bed, her circle shell bed, I just about <laughs> died. It was yeah. so funny.
1: It's very satirical about like kind of romance uh movie norms. And I don't know. I, I re I rewatched it recently because uh Criterion has a bunch of Susan Seidelman movies. That's awesome. And uh they had a really nice print of it and just, Oh, that, that movie chef kiss. It's, it's very, very eighties and it's like politics. And there's some kind of, I don't know, questionable (laughs) moments in it. And I know Roseanne is like the devil now, like the literal devil. Now
0: watching that made me really sad about where she ended up, man.
1: Yeah, me too. Cause I used to just think she was so smart and so funny and, this movie's really, really smart and funny. So if you want a little time capsule of her at the top of her game, and this is before her show really took off, like uh, right before her show really took
0: off. Um, was she doing standup this- around this time?
1: Yes, she okay. st- uh, started as a stand up, yeah. Uh, so yeah, th- th- this is a great time capsule. Also just like the kind of person, I don't think Meryl Streep was doing a lot of comedy in the late
0: eighties. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I think she was like heavy drama lady. Like what, yeah, that she, one worm, she, that, that one worm, that one movie where she got killed <laughs> because she knew secrets about that nuclear thing. Wasn't that around this time? Oh, Silkwood? Yeah, Silkwood. I thought it was Silk Worm. So. <laughs> no, 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 Silkwood. Yeah, it's about Karen Silkwood, which is a really
1: sad story if you ever want to look that up. Uh, ooh, can I recommend a podcast just off of that? Oh, sure, what? There's this great podcast called Swindled, Uh, that talks about like con men and like companies that like screw people over and they go into like just some of the most horrible things (laughs) that people do to like con people. And they do an episode about Karen Silkwood's mysterious death and how it wasn't actually that mysterious and how that company that she was trying to uncover their use of chemicals probably murdered her. But yeah, no, uh, that I highly recommend that podcast, Swindle.
0: Oh, oh um, awesome. Thanks.
1: No problem. Uh, but yeah, no, she was not doing comedy. So seeing her in this is like, it's a treat.
0: <laughs> so I watched those two movies kind of back to back, like one one day, one the other. First Wives Club one day, She Devil the other day. And I wanted to just point something out that I noticed. And I think this is why She Devil kind of like holds up more as a timeless movie that you can revisit rather than First Wives Club. And this is just one little thing of many. Uh, But one of the um, major, well, not, not major, one of the minor plot points in First Wives Club was that Bette Midler was struggling with feeling kind of dumpy and overweight compared to her husband's new mistress, who was a very thin and glamorous Sarah Jessica Parker. In fact, when they first meet, they're at a clothing store. And uh, as they're arguing about money, Sarah Jessica Parker makes a comment about her weight, like, here's some clothes, see if you can fit in them. And so she goes home and she does like the stereotypical, like, I'm going to head right for the freezer and eat my feelings. It's a very 90s white woman kind of a uh, joke about uh overeating and it happens it, in a lot of movies it too. does it does and I noticed like god they weren't even that subtle about it because she opened the freezer and you didn't actually see what was in the freezer but the way they alluded to it was that when she opened it the door had three postcards on it that were of like very overweight women And then she closes the freezer kind of in frustration and doesn't eat any ice cream. And then later, after a fight or something, you see her buying like multiple chocolate bars at the local grocery to kind of like compensate, eat her feelings, as it were. And then later in the movie, when she's, you know, happy and more successful, she comes out and shows uh, her son this outfit she's going to wear to this event. And he's like, ah, you're showing too much leg. And she's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I couldn't fit into this dress for three years. And so they kind of imply that now that she's happier, she's thinner. And it's it's like one of those eye-rolly things that pops up still today in a lot of movies, although it's not as oh, bad yeah. as it used to be. But there's a scene in She-Devil where uh, Roseanne Barr Rose, I've heard the character's name, is having a breakfast with Linda Hunt at... Um, the old folks home where Meryl Streep's mom is and she's working some long con to get the mom out of there and the the (laughs) results of that are so fucking funny Uh, I can't even Linda
1: hunt is so good
0: (laughs) yeah um anyway so they're eating like this disgusting looking like gruel and then uh Roseanne Barr takes out a box of donuts and puts it on the table and then she slowly starts to eat an eclair and there's a lot of slow close-ups of her mouth. And of course, it's kind of like, it's kind of towing the line between like, oh, fat lady eating. But then also, she's enjoying it. And Linda Linda Hunt is looking at her and she's like jealous and she wants to eat it too. And so then finally, after she's done eating the eclair, Linda Hunt asks, she's like, can I have one of those? And she's like, of course you can. And they end up eating the whole box and it... It was this this beautiful moment where this box of sweets, which is usually used as a negative thing in movies, was used as a positive reinforcement for them to bond and for Linda Hunt to break out of her shell. Yeah, like, it's used as
1: sort of like a, this is your empowerment, indulge. Yes. Because she's been so repressed for so long. Like, they don't really go into her backstory, but it's, like, heavily implied that she just, like, saves her money, works a job, doesn't really speak up. She's really, really... uh, Sort of dowdy and quiet, and then it's like the moment she starts to eat the chocolate, she kind of... It's kind of like the end of The Witch, where it's like... Yes, exactly. In the light. <laughs> uh, and there's no... As far as I know, there is no weight loss plot in that movie.
0: There isn't, no. She's... Like, there's a
1: couple of fat jokes at uh, Rose's expense in the beginning of the film, but when she, like, actually becomes capital E empowered, she's,
0: she stays the same weight-wise. Yeah, exactly. Which and... is like unheard of I feel like (laughs) yeah and there's actually lots of little things about that movie that are just like so rare to find in other movies of the type which is why it's such I think it still stands up today as you Uh, know as like a really good just a really good clever kind of movie that kind of satirizes like kind of movies like First Wives Club you know what I mean mm -hmm. yeah no it it's definitely
1: unique uh one of one of my favorites um I'm trying to think what what other movies fit in that genre? Would Death Becomes Her fit in that?
0: See, I don't know. I can't comment on that because I've never seen Death Becomes Her.
1: Oh. It's another one I haven't seen as an adult. How about this is our Badland Girls homework. Okay, okay. We we track down Death Becomes Her. Okay. And we watch it and then we talk about it next
0: time. That sounds wonderful. I love this. <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah, because that's one that I've been meaning to revisit And that's another one, it's got Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep mm-hmm. But it's a broad comedy about sort of appearances And aging And like how women aren't allowed to age So they kind of go overboard in their quest to like look younger and prettier
0: See, that sounds interesting to me I think I'm, yeah, I am love this film
1: And it's also from the mid-90s, if I'm not mistaken So it's it's definitely one of those uh, and then maybe... What's another movie that would go with that? that hmm, but let's let's start with that one. Okay. <laughs> Little movie club. I, I believe if it's not streaming anywhere, you could probably rent it somewhere or torrent it. I'm not going to
0: yeah. cast it. I'm not a cop. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> and then oh. uh, in addition to those movies, which I talked a lot about because i really was interested okay. by them I we have watch- the time yeah i've been watching uh, um slowly i bought the criterion godzilla films for as a gift oh, for myself that oh. big beautiful book with the
1: art and the godzilla shooting the green flame on the top yes that ex- one? yep yep we have that too Ooh. Someone got it for M for, I think, I believe they're, well, maybe they bought it from, I have no idea, but we have that. I'm looking at
0: it right now. It's it's very cool. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm starting that finally. And I watched the first Mm -hmm. two. I watched Godzilla and I watched Godzilla Raids again. And I'm really excited to get more into this kind of kaiju energy. (laughs) (laughs) But that first Gojira movie
1: is stellar. Yes, it is. Those special effects still hold up. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. Oh, no, go go on. Go on. Uh, I just, I have nothing else to say other than I I really love that movie. I've seen Raids Again, but I don't remember it.
0: (laughs) Raids Again is uh, not, it kind of like tries to add more like monster movie flair to the movie because a huge chunk of the movie is Godzilla battling an ankylosaurus while destroying uh, Osaka. (laughs) <laughs> which all I, which all I could think about is I'm like Kiryu lives there Kiryu from Aww. Yakuza <laughs> the Yakuza <Yeah>. game series. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, the first Godzilla movie was very uh, striking to me. In the there lots of powerful imagery after his destruction, those schoolgirls singing that somber song. Uh, mm-hmm. The kind of like I I never knew this about the original Godzilla movie. It's been so long since I've seen it, but I never knew there was such a reluctance for them to use that weapon against him, the the atom bomb thing that went underwater that was really yeah. heartbreaking the way that played out. It was really well done. Uh, I'm looking forward to it getting more silly as the series goes on and more yeah, kind of a death. It, gets, I, it yeah. gets to a mystery science theater
1: level after a while. <laughs> I'm totally here for it. I'm
0: here for it as well. Very much so. Uh, speaking of Godzilla, have you seen that short film by Cressa uh, Beer Breer? I think her name is about no. uh, uh, Godzilla's daughter coming out as trans. I have not seen this. Oh my god, it's so cute! I'll send it to oh.
1: you. So, okay,
0: it sounds like a like a tearjerker. <laughs> it is a little, but basically, it's uh, it's um, her uh, Twitter is beeragon, which I think is hysterical and um she is a person who creates uh, short like stop motion films and a lot of them focus on Godzilla because she was gifted a Godzilla a while ago and she's done a few bumpers for <clears throat> excuse me she's done a few bumpers for film festivals and she did a few bumpers for Draft House as well and recently she decided to release a kind of a personal one about uh Godzilla's daughter coming out as trans and it blew up on the internet because it's so well done. It's so funny. It's so sweet. It's amazing. And like, she's getting a lot of press for it and Toho studios retweeted it and said they loved it. And she was just floored because she could not believe that the official like Godzilla masthead said they loved it. But she, it's a really cute short film. I really like her style and it's so cute to watch. And uh, we'll link it and I'll send it to you after this, too, Destiny, so you could take a look at it. Uh, Tracy sent it to me and I just adored it. I watched it like seven times, I thought it was so well done. And uh, we'll have to check that out. That it, sounds very sweet. It is, it's super sweet. I love it. <clears throat> oh,
1: I uh. I love kaiju movies <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, uh, Me too Aren't you Weren't you watching uh, The other one oh. We were
1: watching We His... watched some We watched a Gamera movie recently Gamera thank Mothra. you Mothra <laughs> uh, Mothra which is Really flipping good That first Mothra movie Hell yeah uh, The Lyrics to that Mothra song Are in Malay Really? Yeah <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> I think they wanted something that like Japanese audiences would wouldn't recognize at that time. I don't know. That's my guess. I have no idea why, but it's a really pretty song.
0: <laughs> Fascinating. I love that.
1: Oh man. Yeah. I uh I love that movie. It's it's so frustrating how they just like don't listen to the natives of the island. They're just oh, like we have to go in for science and entertainment and be colonialists, and it's just mm. so frustrating. But yeah, I um, <laughs> I haven't been watching anything that cool. I rewatched There Will Be Blood.
0: <laughs> How's that hold up?
1: It's still great. It's still great. Like I, I I I say it's not cool, but it's not cool in the way that like Godzilla's cool. It, it's it's just a really good movie about a really fucked up guy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, man. I rewatched I re-watched Lucy recently, the ScarJo movie. Oh, does that hold up? I remember liking the hell out of that movie. <laughs> I it's think it goofy. still does hold up. Oh, it's so goofy. Yeah. But it still holds up, actually. Okay. I thought it was still pretty entertaining. For people who don't
1: remember, this was a movie where the film posits that we we only use 10% of our brain, which isn't true. Yeah. Um, it's like, an old you, theory
0: from... Oh, go on. That's, like, an old conspiracy theory from, like, the 70s.
1: Right. So what this movie presupposes is, what if you use the whole percentage of your brain? 100%? And you yeah. be, like, this super fighter, language learner, almost psychic badass, and that's what Scarlett Johansson becomes in this film. And it's real dumb, but I remember thinking it was... It, I had a lot of fun watching it.
0: Yeah, I think we saw it together in the theater. I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, it came out
1: in 2014. That was back when I actually liked Scarlett Johansson. Now she's like
0: (laughs) constantly saying and doing horrible things. The thing that she did recently, the defense of Woody Allen, I'm like, but why? Like, like, why are you doing this?
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's no reason to. And Alec Baldwin had Woody Allen on his podcast recently.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And he, like, puts this thing at the very beginning where he talks about, like, oh, there were allegations, but those were dismissed. And then he just moves on. And it's just like,
0: ugh. Those were dismissed. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Uh, Okay. I didn't even know he had a podcast.
1: Me neither until, (laughs) you know, I listen to podcasts at work and... Uh, Tom Sharpling of The Best Show and Julie Klausner of How Was Your Week have finally teamed up and put, made a podcast together.
0: Uh, Ooh.
1: It's called Double Threat and it's amazing. <laughs> it's just them sort of uh, they get sent clips and then they just kind of break down the clips and every once in a while they'll have a guest. Um, there was a kind of gross Jeffrey Epstein episode that I ended up skipping because I didn't really like the guest on it, but Mm. Other than that, it's been pretty impeccable.
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: But Does she still had... have her other podcast? She still does How to Was Your Week maybe about, like,
0: once a month. Okay. <laughs> Whenever something happens with her cat, I feel like she makes an update. <laughs> this is amazing. That's the kind of life I want to live.
1: Well, like, Jimmy Jazz is going through some shit right now. He's got bad teeth. No. That's her tuxedo cat. And so, like, she's getting his teeth kind of pulled out one by one and he's having a a rough time of it so like let me get a lot of cat
0: updates (laughs) oh my god i have a cat update how is thor thor is doing pretty good although last month he was very sick or at the beginning of this month actually he was puking up bile and he couldn't eat which is his favorite thing to do in the whole wide world couldn't even eat his treats so I had to take him to the doctor and I had to do it COVID style, which is wait out in my car because they won't let us in the lobby. Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> you mentioned this last time. Yeah. And now he sits on my lap all the time. Yeah, It's like after that incident, after he got better, he's like, hey, guess what? I love you a lot. Let me sit on you. I've <laughs> never been a lap cat ever. And I'm like, this is the best day of my life. Oh. <laughs> He saw me this morning, I woke up late, and right when he saw me, he did this really, like, desperate meow, like, why were not you awake? I missed you. <laughs> Meanwhile, my mom's been bustling around since 7am. I'm like, dude, <laughs> there were other people paying attention to you.
1: That is they so weren't funny. you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my little baby Thor. Well, I'm
1: glad when he's he dies, better.
0: Yeah, when he dies, I die. Hopefully he just lives forever and we both be immortal together. Uh, Wouldn't that be wonderful?
1: I don't want to be immortal, but if you and your cat are immortal, maybe I'll be immortal too. (laughs)
0: I don't think I want to be immortal, but he can be immortal.
1: (laughs) That's fine. Yeah, no, it's cool. Oh boy. (laughs) Sorry, one of my friends just sent a text talking about i have a colonoscopy this week and just <laughs> like this is the kind of grip text i'm in nobody's talking about like instagram or video games or tiktok it's like everybody's talking about colonoscopies
0: <laughs> and doctor's appointments oh man speaking oh of gosh. doctor's appointments how are you doing
1: Doing well. I haven't had any, like, horrible cramps. That's not true. This weekend I have had horrible cramps. But, like, no! it, was, it oh. was the first time in weeks. So I consider that a win. And also, I am in the midst midst of experiencing my very last period.
0: Oh, my God. Which is Will surreal. you have to take any supplement after the surgery?
1: Uh, I don't know. Okay. They haven't really told me, like, what to expect afterwards. I have to watch a video, which I've been putting off. Cause the, (laughs) they sent you a video. What the hell? They sent me three videos about the different things I have to expect. One about the anesthesia, one about the hysterectomy itself. And then one about this other procedure called a cystscopy, I believe where like they pump your bladder full of water to like make sure you don't have any cancers or anything. It's like a routine they do with a hysterectomy. It's totally normal. Uh, so I'm not nervous about any of that. <laughs> the weirdest thing is. Okay, so I'm nervous about two things. One is like the preparation. Did I tell you about this? It's really fucking gross.
0: No, you didn't. It's time for medical chat.
1: <laughs> yeah, so here's just trigger warning if you don't want to hear about what bodies do. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to do this thing called a bowel prep.
0: Oh my god, have what you is heard that? Of this? No. I have to,
1: let me grab my paperwork really quick. So okay. Can, okay. Uh, it's just next to me. So, all right. So, um, oh, and I have to watch a video on recovery as well. So that's the one, the other thing I'm really nervous about is the recovery. Cause it, I'm doing this old school. They're, they're going in. I'm getting a cut across my abdomen and they're just going to pull out the fibroids and it's, it, it's
0: not going to be pretty, but anyway, oh boy. the bowel prep. Before you start. Before yes. you start the bowel prep, are the videos being sent because of COVID? Uh,
1: I don't know. I don't know if this okay. is like a normal thing or if this is just a COVID thing, but Okay. I assume it's in lieu of sending you a bunch of brochures.
0: Okay. Okay. Like it's just a I high was just tech. curious.
1: Yeah, cuz they're like what to expect and all the risks involved. And I watched the anesthesia one and just about had a panic attack. So I'm like, "Oh, I'm just oh, going to sh- die." Aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, god damn it. Because I literally go through all the risks. But anyway, okay, bowel prep. Okay. Uh, So at noon, I have to switch to a clear liquid diet. And I have to stay away from, like, milk products, orange juice, yada, yada, yada. You get the idea. No solid Mm -hmm. food. Then I have to clean out my bowels with something called magnesium citrate. It's like a – I have to buy a 10-ounce bottle of this. And apparently it's just, like, a really powerful laxative. And I have to drink – half the bottle between noon and 2 p.m., then wait till four, like wait four hours and then drink the remaining half. And (laughs) it literally has a sentence. It is better to clean out the colon while at home and you are close to a bathroom. So essentially, (laughs) I have to take the day off of work for this. This is the day before the surgery to just poop out all the poop I've ever had. (laughs) Oh my God. My intestines have to be completely empty. So that's what this does. I I am so scared of this. I don't know why. This is something that's giving me a lot of anxiety. Um, I think it's just because I don't ever, like I've been pretty lucky in life (laughs) and I've never really had to take laxatives before (laughs) and I don't get sick a lot. So I don't, you know, I don't really experience a lot of gastrointestinal discomfort. So the idea of having to spend the whole day pooping just makes me upset. It really upsets me. So I have oh to do man. That. So that's like one of the big anxiety things popping up right now. I'm not well. Somebody
0: be- who does have like some bowel issues. Yeah. I think you'll be. I think you'll be okay. I will really uh, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> once once, once I actually go through with it, I'll be fine. Now, see, the lucky thing is you'll be at home. Like, you know, sometimes I feel like Griffin McElroy, where I'm like sitting watching a movie and I'm like, do I really have to shit? I'm like, I'm not leaving this fucking chair. I'm like, this is this is goddamn the Avengers. I need to know what happens. I've definitely had the thing
1: where I'm like in the middle of something and it's like, oh, I have to go like a bad commercial. Yeah, but it's kind of rare. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, this will be fun And then after the surgery, I'm just, I'm, I don't know I don't know what to expect I have to watch the recovery video I think we have one more episode in us Before uh, I actually have to like We have to go on a mini hiatus while I'm healing and stuff
0: <laughs> Yeah, I imagine, uh, not to scare you or anything But <laughs> whenever you get any sort of incision around your stomach It doesn't feel good because you use your stomach for a lot of muscles and just like moving. So like for the first day, it's very uncomfortable because when I had my gallbladder removed, I'm like, can someone just pull me to, I don't know, a dirt (laughs) patch outside so I can pee because I don't want to sit up. (laughs) That's the thing I'm worried about is like (laughs) so much of the recovery
1: is like, you have to move around a little bit to avoid, you know, complications. And I'm like, but my stomach's going to have this big cut in it. <laughs> like, how am I just going to move around? I can't.
0: Moving like, around, I, I, I think. I can't think laugh. Is... Oh, it, yeah. You, you
1: know I'm an easy laugh. Like, I laugh at everything. It's going to be hard. Moving
0: around. I think rolling over in bed counts as moving around. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> oh, dear.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 nervous, but I'm just like I'm so ready to get this over with. So I've only yeah, got a couple of weeks now. Um, um, let me look at a calendar really quick. Um, I have one, two, three weeks.
0: Three weeks. So three we'll weeks. have what. Another episode And then We're gonna take a mini hiatus So Destiny can recover And honestly Destiny I'm I know that that's This is kind of Nerve wracking and scary But Uh Just as Just I mean you're still Working from home right?
1: Oh yeah I'm working from home Probably Well into next year
0: (laughs) Okay And then but Did you take some time off After this as well? I
1: applied for Short term disability FMLA or whatever So Yeah. Yeah I should Be able I shouldn't have to work
0: Okay Well, I mean, it's a kind of a weird good thing that you can just kind of stay at home and not really feel obligated to go anywhere so you can focus on your recovery. And then also keep in mind, like, these videos, they have to tell you, like, Every single thing that could go wrong for liability reasons, which is so dumb. When I was getting my ankle surgery, they're like, okay, we're going to have it real clean and we're going to pump it in. But one tiny germ could fly in there and get an infection. And I felt like saying, I'm like, are you actually saying this to me? Just freaking fix it, please. I'm in a lot of pain. I understand.
1: Like, yeah, I have to keep telling myself when I read the material and watch the videos I keep telling myself they have to legally say this it's not going to happen to you it's not going to happen to you I don't expect to like get COVID because of my surgery or you know die on the operating table because it's a routine hysterectomy but they they have to put that
0: risk in there and it makes me out a little (laughs) well I know you'll be fine because you're a very strong person and I'm going to be praying to the moon for you Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thanks, Rhea. You're very welcome. Light, light, a, light a light a black candle for me. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will totally do that. Oh man, then I'll send you some donuts. Are you going to be in the hospital long?
1: Uh, well, they made it sound like I was only going to be in the hospital two to three days, but like, uh, after that, I'm just I'm going to my grandma's and I'm just going to hole up at her place. Okay,
0: all right. <laughs> I'll talk to you something. I'll talk to you about something else off air because I don't want to do anything more. <laughs> yeah, but, I almost forgot we were recording. <laughs> yeah, I'll edit some other sensitive information. Don't worry. Thanks. Well, on this note, I think we're going to take off for today. I hope you enjoyed our lovely chats that we've been doing. It's actually been really fun to get back into the podcasting world with you, Destiny. I really enjoy it. It's a bright spot of my of my weeks.
1: Oh, I had a horrible week, just to be frank. Like. Not really because of anything health-related. It was just work was really stressful. Mm-hmm. So doing this was like, ah. Just yeah, nice, I'm so happy. Nice break from all the stress of the
0: work week. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. All right. We will talk to you next time. And then until then, always, always pizza, pizza rolls. rolls.